Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, it is a jam-packed show. So much to get to. Feels like we ain't got enough time to do it. We'll start off reviewing the conference championship weekend. 49ers and Eagles. Uh, Man, that didn't turn out the way I thought it would. Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals turned out to be a great matchup, but we do have our Super Bowl matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get to that coming up here uh, later on in this segment. Also, Cowboys making moves, big-time moves on the coaching staff. Uh, There's a mutually agreed parting of ways between Kellen Moore and the Dallas Cowboys. We'll discuss that at the top of the 4 o'clock and already – My man, Kellen Moore, has already got himself a job. He is now the OC of the L.A. Chargers. We'll get to that as well. And the Texans are zeroing in on a head coaching candidate. It's a front runner. It's a guy that we all like. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on as well. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him, it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball-Harch. What's going on, brother? We are back in action. It is a beautiful... No, not really beautiful in Austin, Texas right now. (laughs) I was going to try to help the people out, but everybody's feeling the way that we are. Mm -mm. But I'm excited about everything because we got our Super Bowl matchup. Amen, brother. Two of the best teams in the all season long Mm -hmm. finally get to meet. And I want to talk to those uh, people that was beating us up early in the year when we kept saying that Philadelphia was one of the best teams in the NFL. They ain't played nobody. But let me talk about my man Mm -hmm. that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime Hall of Fame linebacker Derek Johnson. 
said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments, but he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro as always, and uh, glad you made it safe back on your road trip. Appreciate it. To appreciate H-Town, it. H-Town. H-Town uh, with the get weird down. weather down there. Everything good, though, with the B-Day weekend? Everything was great, man. Mm. Couldn't be happier. Yeah, glad you had a good B-Day weekend. Appreciate it. Uh, let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP of the show. He's an idillionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We're not sure what he's paid, but we do know that he's underpaid. He's Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, man, you know what? Had a good relaxing weekend, watched some football, ready to get things going. We've got a big game tonight. Yeah, man, huge game tonight. Uh, we'll talk Texas basketball as well. I didn't uh, give that to you in the rundown, but Texas basketball, we'll actually get to that next segment, losing to Tennessee in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. But they got a big one tonight, a big one uh, versus, versus the <laughs> Baylor Bears, big Monday. So we'll get to that. Uh, that is here uh, in the ATX. Uh, we're going to have it right here for you on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, my man Patrick, who has got to be there working that game, uh, we'll break it down with him as well. So we got to talk about that. We'll do that and preview uh, that game, but also review their loss to Tennessee. We'll do that at 3.30. Also do it again at 6.30. Uh, you can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing. 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up uh, via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harge at Hardball Harge and Patrick Davis, real MVP at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. By the way, if you're going to text us, please make sure that you are at a, a secure location. You are not driving. Uh, don't drive and text. You know, should never do it, but definitely on a day like today, man, it's crazy on the road just because slick out there. It's starting to rain. We're expecting uh, some strange and crazy weather over the next couple of days. So everybody, please be safe on the roads. First and foremost, take care of each other and take care of yourself. All right, gentlemen, let's start off talking about these conference championship games. We've got two weeks to talk about the Super Bowl uh, between the Chiefs and the Eagles. So we'll uh, table discussions about that uh, until a little, little bit later on in the show, of course, or a little bit later on in the week. Uh, which game, Horace, do you want to start with? You want to start with the NFC championship game or the AFC? Let's go ahead and get the NFC out of the way because that was the first game of the, <laughs> ain't, of the ain't, day. Ain't much to that one. Ain't much to that one. I mean, <laughs> let's just keep it real, man. Uh, no, I'm with it. I, 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 trust me, it, it was heartbreaking for me to watch, too, uh, to watch my boy Shannon because I knew once Brock Purdy went out of that game yeah. that, uh, yeah, they had no shot. They were undone. Finally. Finally. I mean, listen. They had been giving the middle finger to the football gods all season long. You're not supposed to make it to a conference championship game with a rookie quarterback drafted in the seventh round as the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Yep. Make it all the way to the conference championship game as the third-string quarterback on your roster. It's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to get it down like never, that. It has never, ever happened. All right, And finally, when something... You know, happens to him. I mean, who the hell is supposed to have a good four-string quarterback? Josh Johnson, who had been with how many teams? Is it 13 or 14? It was 14. Okay, 14. Make sure yeah. you get that right. 14 different yeah. teams. There's a reason for that, as my wife kept saying. <laughs> <laughs> she kept yelling uh, at the screen. There's a reason he's been with 14 different teams. Uh, they didn't have a shot. I will say uh, this, and I, you know, I'm, I love my man channel, but I'll start off being critical. When you're asking... <clears throat> Tight ends to block Hassan Reddick on multiple occasions on, in the first quarter. Exactly. Your quarterback. Your quarterback deserved to get beat. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You was, at, you was asking for something bad to happen to Brock Purdy. What are you doing, Shadow? It wasn't Jano? even close, Shadow. Shadow, what are you doing? The guy has 17 sacks going into the game, yeah. and you wanted you who, who you had. First of all, you had uh, the tight end uh, blocking him. Kittle. 
No, Kittle was on the second one. Kittle was on the one oh, where he ends up hitting Josh Johnson. Where it knocked him out. Yes. Yeah. Where he knocked him or out. Or he tried to strip the ball. Almost took right. the ball and ended right. up landing on his back. That's the right. first one was Tyler Croft. Yep. He thought Tyler Croft was ready for, ready to step it up. They need they need Laura Kraft <laughs> yeah, to go yeah. out there. <laughs> they need Laura Kraft well, to go yeah. out there. And get Tyler it. Kraft, Laura Kraft. <laughs> some I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean Tyler Smith maybe. Yeah, but, yeah. they need something. That is that was that was a dang coaching mistake. Yeah. He paid. And, you know, usually mistake is a mistake. You take a sack, you live to fight another day. He did not, unfortunately. No. Nope. That that dang coaching mistake, Harts came back to haunt him, and he did it twice. Yeah. In the first, the the second one was a, a combo of Jawan Jennings and. Kittle trying to double team him on second Come six. Come on, Jawan was just straight out there, just Juwan, out there. Jawan was like, "What?" He was like, "Hold on." Ole. That was like, there, was like he a, split both of them. Like I'm a like, bullfighter. "How did you get between <laughs> both of them?" Yeah, he did. He split them. He went right to the and quarterback. Neither one of them touched him. Neither one of them touched him. <laughs> they didn't touch Come them. on. Yeah, to me, so that honestly, that's where the game was lost. Yeah. That's where the, and won, I guess. I guess you could say that. Yeah. yeah. But and to your to your point, man, you think about how this season started. Jimmy G was not even part of the team. He was practicing on the backfields by himself, rehabbing. And then you have uh, uh, Trey Lance, who is your guy. You lose him. Jimmy gets active, does well. (laughs) Then you lose Jimmy. And then you bring in Brock Purdy as your quarterback. And then you sign Josh Johnson. But you had been just going by, just getting by. Mm. Defense is playing well. We keep it all simple. And – all of a sudden, to your point, everything just crumbled immediately. And I felt bad in watching that game. It was just like this defense, like any other team, if your offense isn't moving the ball and they continue to have to play mm. defense, they're going to crack. It, it always happens. We, we saw it happening. They were playing their butts off on they defense. Really were. They were trying to make plays. But the other part of it, how many interceptions did they drop? They had opportunities to intercept the ball and stop some of those drives of Jalen Hurts, and they couldn't do it. They kept dropping them, kept dropping them, and it came mm-hmm. back to haunt them because if you – and most of them, you were in plus territory. You would have got the ball on a shorter field, and they just couldn't close it out. They couldn't close it out. But, man, it just – it felt so bad to watch that. And as soon as I saw him hit his arm – all I kept thinking was a bruise, right? I kept thinking it was a bruise on the forearm. He'll be able to come back. They're over there massaging him. I'm like, he has to play. He has yeah, to too. play. Yeah. And even when he went over to talk to Shano, Shano was just like, dude, you got nothing? Can you throw left-handed? I mean, I Can't need something. Me. I need mm-hmm. some form of a threat. Nope. Nothing was going to work for him. Yeah, and then they put in Josh Johnson, and he was – uh, he was all right uh, until he started making mistakes that uh, yep. obviously are expected of Josh Johnson. I yep. mean, nothing against Josh Johnson, uh, but he was never expected to play in that situation. Correct. And then he ends up leaving with a concussion in the third quarter after Nadama Su hits him. Yep. Um, and then his head hits the ground. They have to bring uh, Brock Purdy back in, but everybody knows Brock Purdy can't even throw, so he's just handing off. I thought they were going to go straight up Wildcat at one time, which is Debo and Christian McCaffrey. They did not. They were getting uh, Kyle Juszczyk ready as their third-string quarterback at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, not third-string, their emergency quarterback, I should say, at one point. And, yeah, it was just a disaster. I mean, there was, And then the Eagles, they 
they didn't even have to play a great game, and they realized that once Brock Purdy went out, they just tried their best not to lose the game. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts had what 121 passing yards, a That's season yeah. season low for him. Yep, 39 rushing yards. He was 15 of 25. The Eagles had 148 rushing yards overall, so they just wanted to control the game. You know, they only had 269 with total yards, yeah. less than four yards per play. The, the the 49ers defense did everything they could, as you mentioned. They just started to break down late in the second quarter, and then basically after that, the game was pretty much over at the beginning of the third quarter. Yeah, it was over. as soon as I saw Brock Purdy get hurt, and of course Josh Johnson comes in, but during that time, I'm over there watching uh, Christian McCaffrey get trying to get the the uh, communication, the remote in his helmet. Like he was trying to get the hearing in there because he was about to have to call all the plays. I don't even know if Josh Johnson knew all the plays. You're right. You he know? Did. There's no way he did. There's no way he There's was no even he thinking he was going to get into this game. Yeah. But Christian McCaffrey being what he was, I thought for a while he was going to go, all right, you're going to run Wildcat the this half, and we're going to move Debo back there to do the same. Because I know that both of those guys can throw the football at some point. Mm. And the one play that they did try to do that – I don't know where Christian McCaffrey was looking to throw. That's why he's the emergency, (laughs) one one of the emergency guys. I don't know what that – yeah, that was Uh, – I know that used to be an NFL rule about emergency quarterbacks that you could – they wouldn't count against your active roster that day, but you could have them available and ready. They just wouldn't count. And you could only use them if all of your quarterbacks – excuse me – had been knocked out of the game. Right. I don't know if that's still a rule. Uh, but yeah, the NFL might need to look into it. Consider for sure. It, considering the 49ers end up going down to Josh Johnson for that game, and yeah, the and I was like, is it basically the Eagles? They haven't been the TCU of the NFL, mm-hmm. where dude TCU kept right. facing quarterbacks that got that hurt. Not, or, they kept knocking, knocking them out. out. It was K- Kansas State went through yep. two quarterbacks, yep. Adrian Martinez and what Will uh, Howard. Will, Will Howard. Yep. Both of those guys ended up getting knocked out for some reason or another. Kansas quarterback ended up getting knocked yep. out, Jalen Daniels. Yep. Uh, they ended up knocking out the Tech quarterback Barons at yep. one point, and then Dylan Gabriel. Yep. He they, was out of there, too. They had some of the best. They just had great luck when it came to opposing it's a great quarterbacks. great run right there. Bad luck, exactly. <laughs> That's a great run. Bad luck for their opponents, but good luck for them. The The Eagles, I will say, they have had a friendly opposing quarterback like you know schedule. And like I said, a lot of them is because they have a great great pass rush, one of the best pass yep. rushes in NFL history. So they get to the opposing quarterback. But, yeah, facing Brock Purdy and then facing Josh Johnson. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, here are the quarterbacks that they face this so far this year, and it doesn't say anything about how good they are because they are damn good. They deserve to be where they are. Yeah. Um, but Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, um, Trevor Lawrence. That happened in like a monsoon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, Cooper Rush mm-hmm. once. There was uh, Davis Mills. Um, they uh, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan. Uh, they did face Aaron Rodgers, but as we know, Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, he, he, left the Aaron Rodgers. he was not yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Daniel Jones twice, but they also faced uh, Davis Webb, uh, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott. Um, and he was not Dak Prescott. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, Andy Dalton and then Brock Purdy. Yeah. It so, lined up perfectly for them. It, did, it lined up. It lined up really perfectly well, for them. man. Yeah. yeah. So that helps. It helps. Uh, and they've been relatively healthy, the 49ers. And I'm going to do the do some research on this. The, I will say this. One thing Shannon needs to to figure out is why the 49ers have been one of the most injured teams since he's been the head coach. Yeah. 
Is it not true? That, I mean, that is just, very true. Just top of the dome. Not, right. not even doing the actual analytical breakdown, the research. You can just think about like, man, no, very few teams have had as many injuries at to, key at, positions, at key too. positions than the, than the 49ers. And everybody thought they would get healthy at the right time. Yep. But even then, going back to quarterback, they can, and it's not, I'm not saying that that's, there's anything that he can do about it, but you do need to try to figure out if there is. Well, some of that goes done. down to strength and conditioning. You know what I'm saying? That might be something yeah. that you need to look at because you either have soft tissue injuries that Whatever you start paying be. attention to. I mean, and then some of it is just bad luck, too. It's bad luck, man. Bad luck on some of this stuff. And, I thought they were hitting their stride, and and I don't know if Brock Purdy would have done anything in that game anyway because of the way that defense was pinning their ears back and they were coming after him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well they would have been able to hold up and see what happens, but they had no chance after that first quarter. They had that one touchdown. Christian McCaffrey yeah. made a great play, and, and people are like, hmm, this might work. This might – no, it no. wasn't ever going to work. No. I, didn't, I don't think that game plan was designed – for them to to be able to to counter what Philadelphia's defense was doing because they were they were getting to the quarterback. And to be honest with you, up until right before last week's game, I completely forgot that Ndamukong Sue was on that team. He plays during the playoffs. Like he really makes impacts during the playoffs. And that's what he did last bro, night, too. Bro, he's been on the last three Super Bowl defense. He played for the Bucks. The Rams, and now he's playing for the Eagles. He knows how to pick a team exactly. that's heading to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I want to bet a Super Bowl. like pre, right, Find out off, wherever he right is. Off-season <laughs> Super Bowl bets with the double kick suit. He's, he's like the Robert Ory of the NFL. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. right? Isn't that amazing? That's got, you know what? I'm going to research that. I'm going to find out if that's ever happened in NFL history that somebody, because he's won them all so yes, far. Yes, yes. He may win, and I think right yeah, now, Lady right Eagles. Now, that's what a lot of people that. are looking at. So he may win too. three straight on three different teams. There's no way that's ever happened. That can, unless it was like Deion Sanders. But Deion only he went to two. He did it with two teams. And he didn't win three straight? Yeah, it's yeah, like Charles three. Haley, but Charles Haley didn't win three straight. And yeah. Yeah. Three different teams. That's crazy. Yeah. That yeah. freaky. I don't know what the hell's going on, but you're right. Everybody forgets about it. Yeah. Soon he makes a hell of a play like that. But um, obviously, we'll talk more about this matchup. But uh, for the 49ers, they only threw the ball 18 times to Hardest Point that they knew they were done. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, ga- they had no game plan. They had to throw the, the entire game plan out. Uh, that is the fewest pass attempts in a conference title game loss in the Super Bowl era. Man, hold up. Yeah. You start looking at that, too. And then you go back to the fact that this was the underestimate of this team. You know, people have been talking about Miles Sanders and is he an elite back? Can he do this? Can he do that? They don't use him right. Or they do. How are they going to move him around? Is he going to be one of those guys that you want to build your team around? He was very consistent last night. But they also had Gainwell. Gainwell was running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. I'm like, they're doing some things that they're they're making the most out of this offense with the weapons that they have. And, again, contracts are going to be up. We'll be talking about this a little bit later on after the Super Bowl, who's going to be back, who's not going to be back, who they're going to pay, who they're not going to pay. But this happens at every team. This is something that goes through. But the way that that offense – was just efficient enough, just efficient enough, and the defense was putting them in the best position the entire game. Yep, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, we'll talk about that with the Eagles. Obviously, we got a lot, two weeks to yeah. get into the Super Bowl uh, preview, and we'll break down the Eagles and uh, Jalen Hurts, and you know, really how this, really how this rein, reincarnation of the Eagles yep. came to be, because it's really interesting. But for the 49ers, 
they have a first world problem where they got going to the offseason and have Trey Lance and Brock Purdy competing for the starting job and both of them are on rookie contracts. That is a beautiful thing. And they bring back, you know, most of their key starters. They have to retool some things, but yeah, uh, and so they 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 have a a really good problem right now. Uh, and then you know at the Jimmy G issue, but Jimmy G won't be with them. There'll be a Trey Lance Brock Purdy off season quarterback battle. So are we for sure? Well, uh, maybe I'm, I'm uh, assuming yeah. there will be. Well, he's looking at it now, saying Uh-oh. I'm assuming there will be, but maybe not. Maybe they just trade Trey Lance. If that's the case, then they can get a good deal for him. But if they don't, I imagine they'll announce a quarterback competition. For it's sure, it's like Sark. I mean, <laughs> you announce the competition between Hudson Card and between Quinn Ewers, but yeah. we all knew. <laughs> exactly. Okay, coach. And I think Thank it'll be you. more like that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's um, funny. All right. Let's talk about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and uh, their victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a hell of a win, 23-20. to 20. Um, We know how the game ended, um, and people will continue to talk about it. So we'll start there and kind of work our way backwards, um, basically with the game on the line uh, with about what 17 seconds left in that game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes scrambles for a first down um, mm-hmm. on a, a key third and four uh, with the game tied 20-20 in regulation. Um, but uh, upon his you know going out of bounds, um, Joseph Osai chasing him down actually uh, ran him down but pushed him while he was out of bounds ended up being a 15 yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct so on top of them gaining the first down they got another 15 yards on top of that that put them in field goal position and they kicked the game winning field goal of 23 to 20 for Kansas City so Joseph Osai with a, a bad decision, and he had a hell of a game, actually. And he we, did. We know he's a hell of a player, yeah. uh, but a bad decision in a crucial moment that uh, really hurt the team in that situation. Well, not only hurt the team, it seemed to have hurt him mentally and emotionally yeah. after the game. I mean, you sit there and you know what it's all about and how you play the game, and you play to the whistle, but you also got to be aware of your surroundings and also know if a quarterback is running near the sideline, you probably want to let up. You mm-hmm. probably want to let Rule up. Rule of thumb. Yeah, just note it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> note it. But that that game was everything that you wanted it to be. When you start looking at how they got to that point, the situations of the mistakes that were made and the adjustments that were being made by both of the teams. Look, the, both defenses impressed me yesterday. Yeah. Because we know how high-powered both of these offenses are. And for them to – to kind of offset each other and the way that they went about it. For Patrick Mahomes to throw for 326 yards passing on a bum leg, 43 passes, and for him to be able to maneuver in the uh, pocket, that was impressive. But me and Patrick Patrick and I were talking about it earlier. You know, Joe Burrow throwing two interceptions and being sacked, that's what cost him the game. It wasn't just the Joseph O'Sai play. It was turning the ball over at inopportune times. Joe Shiesty is is my guy, but he didn't have his best game yesterday. No, not at all. Uh, it, usually Joe Burrow is known for his clutch gene. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Burrow is pretty erratic, too, actually. Yeah, exactly. His totality as a quarterback. But when he zeroes in, is in clutch time, that's when he plays his best football. That was not the case. Clutch time and clutch moments. Clutch moments being in the red zone, mm-hmm. situational football. He was not great. Only 2 of 5 for 10 yards and zero touchdowns in the red zone. Zero, zero. touchdowns yeah. in the red zone for him. That's what lost him the game. And you guys talked about it, the turnovers. 
And he was a he's a riverboat gambler uh, yep. last night, right? They they kept throwing the deep ball through ten of those deep balls. Hell, threw a deep ball and was it fourth downs <laughs> or fourth and four, fourth yeah, and five? Throwing the alley oop, man, from deep. <laughs> and, and completed by yep, the way. Yep. Uh, so give him give him a lot of credit for the testicular fortitude and the cojones to do it. Uh, but they you right you win or die that way, and it was boom or bust for them. They he was six of ten on those deep balls for two touchdowns, one hundred forty six yep. yards, passes twenty yards or more down uh, down field but two interceptions also yeah so those were crucial interceptions so i think yeah you guys are right that's where i think it was lost on those turnovers but also lost in the red zone mm-hmm. joe burrow couldn't come up clutch and Give that's it up normally the where he defense. is that's right oh man jones that dude is an unbelievable defensive player for kansas city he showed why he was one of he's up for defensive mvp this year yeah he was bringing it the entire time and his effort was disruptive Every time he got cl- – I mean, they, they were feeling – Joe Burrow was feeling his pressure the entire time. The way that they were attacking him, uh, the confusion that he had up front the entire time, dude was playing out of his mind yesterday. And that's what he needed to do. He said it. He said, I didn't play well last year in this game, so I wanted to make sure that I made up for it in this one. But can we talk about his post-game interview? What was he wearing? Did y'all get a chance to see that? I did not see it. Oh, my goodness. He had a a sweater on, but it had, like, two bears stuck to it. Like, outside of the shirt. Not ironed on, not sewn on. Might have been, like, for a charity or something. Okay, but what was that? (laughs) I guarantee it was, like, for a charity or for some kid. I hope so. You know what I mean? I guarantee there's some story with that. Yeah, I guarantee. Because I don't know if that was part of the fashion. Yeah, I guess I I haven't haven't read it or seen anything about it. I guarantee that's that's what it is. But if not, then I'm sure it'll go viral or something. Not the only one interested in that. That's right. But getting back to Chris Jones, I mean, don't forget, Chris Jones, the one that basically won the Super Bowl for Kansas City Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago it wasn't Patrick Mahomes even though everybody remembers Patrick Mahomes big play on that was it third and 12 something like that yeah. for uh Kansas City um big play downfield him throwing uh that big catch uh, by Tyreek Hill Chris Jones had three no two pass deflections in the fourth quarter of that game mm-hmm. that basically won the game for them I mean, it really did. They were that big. They were crucial plays in a in a game that was a one score game down uh, deep in the fourth quarter in clutch time, and he was clutch and he did it again, just like you said, Harch. In this game, he had three tackles for loss total, two sacks, five quarterback hits. He had six pressures overall, and on a third and eight in the fourth quarter, uh, shout out to uh, Spagnola who moved. Uh, him him to defensive end. Yep. And he moved him from the interior to defensive end so that he would be matched up on uh was it Adenije. Yeah. Right? Adi- yes. Yeah, Adenije. He he Jason got him matched up on him. He ends up getting a sack on Joe Burrow and that was one of the crucial plays in the game. So you're right, I mean he's he's one of the best three or four interior D linemen and you might say one of the best six or seven D lineman period, but it just takes oh, away sure. the interior in all of football when he's focused and when he's motivated, and he was. Last yeah, night. last night it was. I gotta get. I gotta make a difference in this game because there's no way they're mm. gonna walk out of here as owning a Burrow head. By the way, they didn't like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, so yeah. we looked it up. Uh, Joe Burrow walked into the game wearing a shirt with a teddy bear that said "Sorry in advance." 
So Christian Jones is wearing the Bears as a shot uh, back at, Pat, at, at Joe Burrow. That's what I'm telling you. I'm okay. like, oh just, my goodness. Yeah. Just look that one up. That's the reason why he was wearing them, though. Okay. He was like, he came in where he was wearing a bear, so I had to wear two bears. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, I'm go. like, how did how did he have time to figure that out? If Joe Burrow was walking in with it, did he? Hey, I need y'all to go get me two bears. Man, troll game. Wear- <laughs> troll game is on point. Uh, but Joe Burrow, uh, without three starting offensive linemen, uh, that probably ended up being. one of the biggest factors in the game. The three offensive linemen that he was down end up leading to the five sacks that Kansas City had. And here's the five-sack stat that will follow Joe Burrow around, and it has followed him around so far. Um, He is 21-1 when he has sacked fewer than five times. He is 1-8 now as a starter when he has sacked five or more times. So here- It's that simple. So, I, I, by the way, you got to give Cincinnati a lot of credit because they revamped mm. and re- basically renovated the entire offensive line in the offseason, uh, overhauled the entire thing. So having three starters go down, not necessarily their fault. They've addressed the issue, um, but it still came back to haunt them. That, that, was, that was about to be my point, Rob, because he had been getting away with it. You talked about how um, the 49ers were escaping death, so to speak the entire year with mm-hmm. the quarterback position. That was the exact same thing with Joe Burrow. He was being able he was able to adjust a lot with the changes in that deep, in the offensive line, but then the time ran out. They ran up against a team that had a a front front four that could bring the heat the entire time and he couldn't maneuver through it. To your point, he got sacked five times yesterday. He doesn't normally get sacked that. You just said it. Yeah, 21 and 1 when he doesn't get sacked. <laughs> <laughs> that many times, and last night was no different. It stayed true to form. Yeah, uh, no question about <clears> it. But the uh, Chiefs ended up uh, winning. Uh, they advanced. We'll talk more about that matchup, of course, with the Eagles and talk more about the um, championship games that we watched this past weekend. But we want to get to some Texas basketball discussion. Uh, they lost to Tennessee in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. We'll talk about that coming up next segment. Also preview their matchup coming up versus Baylor tonight for Big Monday. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, you can always be a part of the show. Specs Text Line is the best way to do it, 512-337-3776. We're also going to get into some uh, Texas basketball conversation here in this segment. 
one other thing before we get to Texas basketball, um, which, by the way, you'll be able to hear it right here on 104. The Horn. They'll have a 7.30 pregame, and then we'll get to the uh, the first tip at 8 right here on 104. The Horn. Uh, I was wrong. Oh, my old, my old age is starting to haunt me. Uh, Ndamukong Su didn't play in three straight. He did play with the Rams in 2017. Uh, in their Super Bowl, or sorry, 2018, in their Super Bowl against the Patriots. So shout out to my man Patrick for correcting me on that one. Um, but yeah, we'll play in three with three different teams. He'll be playing in th- his third Super Bowl. Yeah, no doubt, his third different team. All right, uh, let's get to Texas basketball because a disappointing loss for Texas over the weekend. Um, Texas uh, playing in the Big 12 SEC Challenge lost 82 to 71 to Tennessee. Um, they were a number four team in the country. Texas also a top ten team at the time, uh, but there was. Um, I don't know. Really, no time uh, in this game where Texas had a a shot at taking control of the game. Tennessee controlled the game for most of the game, and you know the the I would say the second part of the first half. Um, that's when Tennessee took control of the game, and they never really relinquished it. After right. they especially ended with a 12-point halftime lead. And Texas actually outscored Tennessee in the second half. Yeah. So I'll give them props for that, but they never could overcome the deficit, which uh, ended up being a 12-point deficit at halftime. Well, the biggest thing for me was early in the game, like 11 seconds into the game, Marcus Carr picked up a foul, and it changes the way that you go about your day. Um sometimes you can't get get out of it. It was just one of those days for Marcus Carr. And if you would have told me that Marcus Carr only had 11 points and Serge Jabari Rice had 21, I would think something was wrong, right? That's not, that's not the way that this team really flows. And offensively, if Marcus Carr is not in that rhythm at the very beginning of the game, it's tough for him because he's coming off the bench. He never, I mean, he hardly ever comes out of the game, if you really think about it. So for him to have to sit on the bench, then try to come in, then try to play with two fouls, it makes it very difficult. Mm. And the team is used to him being the guy. So everybody else is playing off of him. But I also think Timmy Allen didn't play a great game. He didn't look comfortable the entire time. And if he's not in, if we talked about it at the very beginning of the year, if he's not scoring 15 to 17 points in a game and doing those little things, it's going to be a long night for the Texas Longhorns. To your point, though, Rod, we saw a different team in the second half. They were more aggressive. They were getting up and down the floor. They outscored them 43 to 42. But that 12-point deficit made it seem like they were out of the game from the very beginning. Yeah, and I mean, and I'll I'll just say this. of I, I think this entire weekend for Big 12 and SEC, you can take with a grain of salt. Uh, you do need to learn how to play with different refs, but Big 12, eight out of ten games were won by home teams. Uh, Big 12 refs were refing the Big 12 games, and SEC refs were refing the games at SEC. Uh, it was very evident that teams did not were not used to playing with different refs. Uh, we saw Alabama play a terrible game, flop, flopping all over the court. That stuff doesn't get called in the Big 12. Oklahoma was able to upset Alabama. You just saw it across all of the games I watched that day. It was not bad refereeing. It was just SEC referees one way, Big 12 referees a different way. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. Texas went in, they were picking up really dumb fouls far away from the basket that I in the Big that. 12 are not fouls and are just not called fouls very often. Yeah. So Marcus Carr gets in foul trouble, Timmy Allen gets in foul, and they just don't – they never quite rebound in that first half from being thrown off of they don't know how to guard anymore because they're used to playing one way of physicality, and Tennessee knows how to do it. So they came in and were much more physically dominant – because they knew how to play that style, 
uh, in the first half. I was happy Texas came back in the second and adjusted, but it was too late for a really good Tennessee team. But yeah, this, I, I what I number take out of this game, in the country Tennessee team, number two now, <laughs> number, number two, two in the country now, right now. So yeah, uh, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I take away from it that this was a good. It was good they made the halftime adjustments because you have to do that. I would have liked to seen them get a little bit closer and win that second half by probably four or five. But at the end of the day, I'm taking this. I'm taking that weekend as a wash for the Big Twelve and SEC because there was too many weird outcomes of games. Now, if you saw, there's a reason why Kansas is Kansas because they know. I mean, when you get to the tournament, you're not playing with Big Twelve refs either. Yeah. So you need to be prepared for it. So this is something you got to prepare for with these coaches. Uh, they should have been more prepared for that. It is what it is. Uh, I'm much more concerned about tonight. If yep. you win tonight, then that Saturday game. I mean, and I let put it this way: they didn't drop in the rankings. Yeah, they they are still yep. number ten. So it was something that the pollsters as well kind of looked at that game and went, "Yeah, they played a bad half, but they were also just didn't know what they were walking into." Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tennessee is they are de- a defensive juggernaut. It's yep. just plain and simple. Joe Cook had a great article over Inside Texas throughout this little stat. Uh, I think it gives you uh, a little perspective on how dominant Tennessee is defensively. So you take the Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency stat. Uh, which is points per 100 possessions allowed, mm-hmm. adjusted for your opponents. Um, but going into that game, Tennessee was allowing 82.9 uh, points per 100 possessions. Uh, that was the best number in the country. No team has ever finished a season in the history of the Ken Palm stat lower than 84. What? They were at 82.9. Huh. That's a nice little nugget from yeah. man Joe Cook. Uh, said 20, go look at the, the Kansas uh, national title team. Uh, most recently, they were 91.7. Go look at 2021 national title, uh, national champion Baylor, 91.1. That is a, that team is nasty defensively. He's built, and you know they're built around toughness. And, you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of what Big Barnes is all about. And it, they, they were, they were the tougher team. Yeah. They, they were they were a tougher team than Texas, and on the on the road that is a that is a real uh, tough task um, for Texas. But we talked about the start being big for them um, last week, and they couldn't afford to get to a slow start, and that was a bit of a slow start. They did bounce back, uh, but yeah, you got to have guys like Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen step up and play big in those big moments in those big games, and they couldn't really match the star power of Tennessee. Uh, Ziegler was fantastic. I talked about how. I was worried about that guy going into the game because he had been, you know, he had, he had just been trending, playing at a really high level since coming back from an injury. Uh, he had 22 uh, points, 10 assists, and then Camwa, big man. Yeah, big man doing Ooh. his thing. He, he had a career game, uh, 27 points, eight rebounds, three assists. That will, and basically those two. He was two, freaky. Those two guys closed out the first half, yeah. and that was it. They yeah. basically closed, and that put the nail in the coffin almost. He was he was freaky that entire game. His length was unbelievable, you yeah. know, because a lot of times you could see big guys with the way that they move, and mm-hmm. he, he was so smooth with it the entire time that every time he was near the basket, he was either going to dunk it or he was going to make a nice move around in the paint. And he played a he play, he played an NBA game. Oh uh, no, on and, Saturday. And this is a problem that Texas <clears throat> has. Is we know they have a problem no defending doubt. bigs. In no it, you know, it's been an issue. They got really thrown off by the cal- the fouls early, and then just played a really horrible game defending him. And yep. he took full advantage and played an amazing game. And then Marcus Carr, you needed to at least equal out Ziegler, and he didn't. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, he couldn't. I mean, his no, rhythm no, was his rhythm. Yeah. Was no, and I, 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 I get that. <laughs> but that's what you, you needed oh, to yeah, win this yeah, game. Yeah. That needed to be a thing that happened. It was not able to happen. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. But I, I was very happy to see that they came out and fought in the second half because that's a game you can really easily on the road just let go. Yeah. Especially when you kind of make a couple runs mm. and they don't happen. That last eight minutes of that game could have been a different story. But the fact that they were fighting to the very end, I think Rodney Terry's doing a good job of instilling in them that fight yep. that you're going to need down the stretch because the Big 12, as you continue to go, it is a fight every night. So you go, hey, man, it ain't about tonight. We right. get that. But we need to instill that we never quit. And so I, I, I like that coming out of it. And then you just you have to rebound tonight. You're going up against a team that is starting to get its footing in Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're just going to have to figure out a way to slow down uh, some of their you know, explosive guard play. And then a guy who hasn't done a ton this year but will probably give Texas problems is Flo Thamba. He's the type of guy who can come in and, mm-hmm. yep. and play a big game in the post, yep. and you're going to have to be able to guard him as well tonight. Well, it yeah. goes back to what you said, though. You start looking at Baylor, and they're starting to trend in the right direction. They're they're a champion. You know, they they lost a lot of guys, but they have some good players over there. And, of course, Scott Drew is one hell of a coach. I don't care what you think about Baylor Bears and, and whatever happens in Waco. Scott Drew can coach basketball. Well, I mean, we see Keontae George uh, is a five-star recruit that is a freshman playing for them. And I think early in the season, he was a little bit too ball dominant, and they were mm-hmm. trying to use him as the guy early in the season. Mm-hmm. And once they started to get back to team basketball and Flagler and Cryer started to get more involved in the game, that's when they, where they've really hit their stride of using everybody. And again, I'll say, I float on, but I, like, I get it. He has not been a huge impact. He's been a good rebounder this year. He is someone that I'm worried about tonight just because – that's where teams know to attack Texas. It's so funny, too, yeah, that on the boards. saying his name. Flo T- Thamba makes me want to say Mo, Mo Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee, uh, yeah, 40 <clears throat> points in the paint against Texas in that game. Uh, Texas uh, only uh, countered with 28 points in the paint. Uh, and they beat up Texas on the boards. Uh, they beat yeah. Texas on the boards 38-23 to 23 in advantage there. Um, and second-chance points. They had 15 second-chance points as a result of uh, you know uh, beating Texas on the board. So that's a big concern. And it will be all year long. You got to scheme around that. That's just one of your roster issues. I mean, yeah. just based on how the roster is built, you don't have that much size. Got to coach around it. So, uh, Coach Terry and the Longhorns in action tonight for a big Monday versus the Baylor Bears. We'll talk more about that uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. But big game, as you said, Patrick can't lose back to backs in no. this four game stretch because uh, after you play Baylor, then you got a hell of a, a stretch on your hands. Got to go on the road. Um, and then you got to play Kansas and K State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back to back. Then they were saying maybe mm. they just stay there. It's a Saturday game. I don't dis- yeah. and a Monday game again. Same same way. These guys got to be warriors now. This is this yeah. is a tough stretch. We've been talking about it. We knew what was on the schedule. We knew what it was going to be about. Now we got to see if this team could rebound because going on the road to play those two Kansas yeah. games. That home environment's a little bit different than what we're used to seeing. Tournament feel. Uh, no, no question doubt. about it. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is... Uh, 
a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on on the Horn. You can be a part of the show. Spex text line is the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. Uh, time for the flex segment. Go to flxatx.com, flxatx, on all of your social media platforms. Um, a lot of stuff on the website right now for you to check out. Also, a reminder... Um, the power rankings are up there. The latest men's basketball power rankings for the teams here in Central Texas. And an update on the Tuesday night hoop schedule considering the inclement weather that we're supposed to see in the area uh, here in the next couple of days. So they updated the basketball schedule. Um, also, you can go check out that at flxatx.com. And also, you have the men's basketball power rankings that are up there for you, too. So go check that out, flxatx.com. Also, I want to point this out that uh, our man Anthony Williams is having a combine. Go to mm-hmm. www.texasfootballshowcase.com. And this is for all the kids that don't have scholarships as of yet, right. that you're still looking for. It. It's for unsigned seniors. It's also for high school underclassmen, JUCO, and transfer portal players. There will be a lot of college coaches on hand, so make sure that you sign up right now and get a little bit more of that information so you can have an opportunity to be seen by uh, uh, college recruiters as well. So you need to make sure you do that. And that's also on our Flex site as well. Go to Flex. Uh, flxatx.com, or you can go to texasfootballshowcase.com as well. Sign up. There's a lot of people coming in from Houston. They need more Austin participants. Make sure you sign up now. Yeah, he said that actually at the National Combine that I helped him out with in San Antonio, that for some reason Central Texas doesn't show up as much as some of the other big areas like Dallas and Houston right? and even San Antonio, which is crazy to me considering uh, it started with Anthony Williams here. He, he lives exactly. here in Central Texas. Right. So he's always promoting this area. Uh, we'll check it out, TexasFootballShowcase.com. And I actually heard him on the horn this uh, past weekend. Yep. Um, Anthony was on uh, talking about the uh, the camp and the showcase and uh, trying to spread the word. So it's February 5th, Sunday, February 5th. Uh, but like my man Hart said, go to TexasFootballShowcase.com and you're going to find out more about that. And also so there is a um, really a uh, kind of a pamphlet, if you will, that's up at flxatx.com that will give you a lot of the details that you may want about some of your questions you may have about it. But also it gives you um, the address, the uh, the web the web address, and also it gives you information on how you can find out uh, contact information and all that kind of stuff. So go to flxatx.com. Also, speaking of the flex, uh, the flex, the show, the flex is also coming back. Our Wednesday night flex. So apparently that's also coming back and really excited about the uh, the Wednesday night flex that is coming back. So um, that's going to be happening. Um, that's going to be from 7 to 8, the Wednesday night flex coming back too. No doubt. So a lot of things happening with the flex. Go check out flxatx.com or flxatx on all of your social media platforms. We come back. We got to talk about Harge's Cowboys, which have <laughs> overhauled the coaching staff, mostly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but now Kellen Moore is uh, officially out. He and the Cowboys are parting ways. He has already gotten himself another job. <laughs> He's already the OC with the LA Chargers. That didn't take long at all. And even the Houston Texans are making moves. They're zeroing in on a finalist for their head coaching vacancy. We'll discuss that as well. Coming up next, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.